It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to answer your questions about the offseason for the Thunder, what to look forward to in the draft, in free agency, in the NBA trade market. It's all heating up as we conclude the regular season for the 2021-22 Oklahoma City Thunder on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into your Twitter questions, take four spins on tankathon.com, and break down the good, the bad, and the ugly. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Thank you for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Tomorrow, we're going to recap the game against the Hawks. And then Friday, we're going to have another draft episode with Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter, host of Locked on NBA Draft, uh, and talking all about the Final Four for the tournament and what the Thunder might be able to do as they seem locked into the fourth best odds in the NBA Draft, but uh, they're still... A few games to go. Not a long way to go, but a few games to go. Let's start with our Thunder mailbag from at Thunder Up Dave. Is Mark Elite at drawing up out-of-bounds plays? I watch other teams around the league, and their out-of-bounds plays just seem like a train wreck. Mark is very, very, very good at drawing up plays and very good at the schematics and obviously a very good, do you want to call it motivator? Whatever word you want to use to get these young guys to buy in and keep playing and keep playing a team game despite their record. We all get it that this is the NBA and that these players are playing for their careers and playing to have a contract next year for some of them and playing and playing to try to prolong their NBA careers. But look at Detroit at times, look at Houston at times, look at Orlando at times. Those same things apply to those young teams, but there's nights where they're very selfish, where they take nights off. And that just doesn't really happen in Oklahoma City uh, under Mark these last two years, and he's only been given teams uh, that are in rebuild mode. So Mark obviously is a really good uh, play drawler-upper on the out-of-bounds situation. The Thunder have excelled in that area since you know he's taken over. I mean, remember uh, the Al Horford utilization, which was really awesome whenever he was playing last year, and you saw the Lou Dort game winner. Things like that were great uh, for Mark. I also love that Mark on his plays always has – multiple options to go to you can't just blow one thing up if you're the opposing team that's been a beneficiary for the thunder that other teams kind of lack other teams kind of are one-dimensional in that way where you can kind of know where the sixers are going to go with this basketball at times and and, and the thunder 
have the luxury of being very versatile in terms of the options that they can that they can have. Obviously, a lot of that comes down to not having a true bucket getter at times this year whenever SGA's been out uh, in different stretches. But still, uh, Mark's been really good at drawing up plays and getting guys involved and in the right spots. From at Real Dan Wolken, is Darius Baisley's contract up? Well, Darius Baisley uh, had a $4.2 million contract uh, club option. The Thunder picked up earlier this season in a way when they picked up uh, Pokashevsky's, and I believe it was Ty Jerome's in that mix as well. Now, all three of those guys had their uh, options picked up for the next season. It was Pokashevsky, Jerome, and Baisley. So Baisley's going to be back next year under contract for the Thunder. However, there is a world in which you can see where the Thunder would might move on from Baisley or throw him into a trade package here or there. I think that this year went a long way into finding his future. Obviously this year, the offense was up and down. It ended on a high, like it ended on a very, very big high. You finally saw him put it all together offensively. Defensively though, he was elite all year long. That was sustainable. He was a really good defender one through five and very versatile and really helped the Thunder gel and at times be a top 10 defense in the entire NBA. So that was a big feather in his cap moving forward for his NBA career. So he is back next year under contract. Now, what the Thunder do with him at that point? Does he get traded midseason you know, next year, like Kamadu Diallo did last year, entering the final year of his contract? Maybe. Entering restricted free agency? Maybe. Uh, but as of right now, uh, he'll still be a member, member of the team next year. The next question comes from at Kelly underscore Nidley. If you could go inside Sam Presti's mind, who do you think will be the pick uh, at first overall in the draft if, if the Thunder were to land first overall? And that he says that you know he still thinks that the Thunder – would have gone with Josh Giddy first overall had they had the pick uh, back in 2021. Look, we all love Josh Giddy. I love Josh Giddy. He's incredible. He's been awesome this season as a rookie, and he's surpassed many expectations and, and really all expectations for his rookie season. However, we're never going to know the true answer to that because you're always going to say, yeah, it was always Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy was our guy. We got our guy. He was our number one on our board. And Josh Giddy's always going to say, I always wanted to go to the Thunder. I told my agent, give me to the Thunder blah, 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 blah. That's kind of just stuff you say, right? And that's kind of where Josh Giddy or Sam Presser are in a bad spot because no one's ever going to fully believe them whenever they say that because what else are you supposed to say? Josh Giddy's not going to say, I didn't want to go to OKC, but since they drafted me, I guess they're gonna, I'm guessing I'm going to show up. And Sam Presser's not going to say, well, I didn't really want Josh Giddy, but he was there, so he took him and took a chance on him. Like They're both going to say the right things about you know their priority for each other and their relationship. So we're never going to know the true answer. I hesitate to believe that Josh Giddy would have been picked number one overall had the Thunder had the first overall selection, I think that it would have been, of course, Kit Cunningham, who actually went number one overall and, the, and was the consensus number one all, all year long. Uh, but who would it be this year for the Thunder and for Sam Presti? I think it is going to be one of the traditional picks. If the Thunder do land the top overall pick, it will be one of Paolo or Chet or Jabari, who I think benefits the Thunder the most is Jabari Smith, who I think Sam Presti thinks will benefit the Thunder the most. I think he'd go with Chet. I think if he had the first overall pick, Chet would be just the ultimate Sam Presti pick. Uh, he he kind of experimented with what a, a Chet kind of player could be with Poku, kind of a Dollar Tree version of Chet, and then he would get the actual version of Chet uh, in this year's draft if he lands him one overall. That's just what I think he would do, and obviously you all know Sam Presti's track record of pulling out rabbits out of his hats and being surprising, so maybe he doesn't go that way. But as of right now, if I had to try to guess what's going on inside Sam Presti's head, it would be the draft chat number one overall should the Thunder get rewarded on lottery night. Coming up, though, we're going to talk about who the best of the rest are in the NBA draft. We're going to talk about Josh Giddy versus Jalen Green 
and what the future holds for key role players for the Thunder like Isaiah Roby, Kenny Hustle, and Derek Favors, as well as should the Thunder make any moves this offseason like trading for Zion Williamson or even going to free agency and getting a DeAndre Ayton type or a Colin Sexton? What should this offseason hold for the Thunder and this team in general? We're going to get to all of that, but thank you for listening to Lockdown Thunder on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I want to tell you right now, but to friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is an awesome, awesome app for you to use. It's a fantasy uh, that's daily fantasy prop operators made easy. Folks, it's so simple. You pick two to five players and over under on their projected numbers, and you can win up to 10 times on your entry. You can make these entries in seconds, folks. It's that easy. You need to go check them out today by going to Prize Picks. It's awesome. Let me tell you something. You can pick the over on Jeremiah Robinson Earl points and the under on LeBron James rebounds Friday, and you can cash out. It's awesome to use prize picks. Make sure you go check them out and use the code NBA. That code NBA gets you $50 for free at prize picks on your entry. So go check it out. Prize picks code NBA, $50 free in your entry. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, Go check out the Lockdown Now podcast, the nightly recap show, recapping every game from the night before in the association. You never want to miss an episode of Lockdown Now. It's a quick recap of every single game from our local experts. And subscribe for free across all platforms. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. It's totally free, and we're here for you every single day. Now let's continue on with your mailbag questions from you, the listeners, what you want to hear about. And let's go with our next question. It will be from at Hazley 30 what are the, the best of the rest after Chet, Jabari, uh, and Paolo? This is a tough question because the Thunder are in an interesting spot, right? The next name you'd go to off of that list if you created a big board of just in general draft talent. Not a team-specific big board, but a big board of every single player in the draft. To me, the next name you, you go to is Jaden Ivey. But you do question if Jaden Ivey at 6'4 as a guard can fit with a lineup that includes Josh Giddy, SGA, Lou Dort, Trey Mann, whoever you want to throw out there as the future lineup, does does Jaden Ivey fit in there? And I've kind of gone back and forth with this. I started out as a heavy no. You trade down. You don't pick Ivey. You know, he doesn't really fit. However, I've kind of swung back to, well, you should take the best player available because great players can usually figure it out. Usually they can figure it out. Not always, but usually good players, great players can figure it out when they're all put together. And also Jaden Ivey is more of a go-get-a-bucket type of player and less of a facilitator like SGA can be, like Josh Giddy is. I would take Jaden Ivey at four if they land there. Of course, a lot of love for A.J. Griffin, for Keegan Murray as well. But I think the list for the Thunder, if you don't get a top three guy, like a consensus Paolo Chet Jabari, would be a Shaden Sharp if he stays in the draft. I'm hesitant to talk about him because I'm 
I'm not really sold he's going to be in the draft. I'm not really sure he's going to be the clear for the draft. But if he did, uh, he is the kind of version of a player the Thunder don't have right now. He's not, he's not a playmaker. He's, he's not a, a guard lead ball handler type of player. He needs to be set up pretty well to succeed in the NBA. The Thunder have guys to set him up. However, if you believe the Thunder and, the, and they say that they want guys who are versatile and want guys who can play make it all five positions, maybe that's the reason to not take Shaden uh, Sharp, who've only seen play in high school ranks. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I think that you take Ivy or AJ Griffin, and then with that with that 15th pick, it becomes very interesting. You know, wherever the Clippers land, I should say, but usually at 15 is, is where they're going to go, depending on the play and things of that nature. But if they're at 15, that's where things get muddy because do you see the Thunder take a flyer on somebody who we've not seen much of, or do they go with a guy like Okagbaji from Kansas, who is just a older, you know, a senior, a 21 year old bucket getter that can really round out any team. I think that I think that Abaji, although he's old, he's like Jeremiah Robinson Earl in the sense of, yeah, he's going to get knocked down because of his age and the draft order. Uh, and for Robinson Earl, of course, he got knocked down in the second round. I think that, I think that uh, Abaji goes in the first round, absolutely. I know no questions asked and might even go lottery. I, I think that his age will not come down, but he fits on all 30 teams and all 30 teams can use him day one on their roster in their rotation. Do they go that route or do they continue to go with this kind of Let's just take a boomer bust player that might be out of the league in two years, but also might be an, uh, an NBA all-star and kind of waffle back and forth in that way, uh, which could be a, a number of guys in this draft, like a uh, Marjan Bo- uh, Bochamp from the G League Ignite. That's another guy. Or, or a, a uh, Jokic from uh, overseas. There's a lot of names like that, either direction, to where I think that that's kind of the best of the rest of the Thunder. It just comes down to you know philosophy of what they want to achieve moving forward and what they are looking for, if it's still, you know, the highest ceiling, uh, highest, you know, highest ceiling, lowest floor, or they want to shift a bit into sustainable NBA players that make the most sense for the NBA game. From at Uter, is Giddy a better prospect than Jalen Green at this moment? This is a tough one because you all know, if you listen to this podcast a long time, uh, Jalen Green waffled back and forth between my number one prospect, and number two prospect, only, only flipping with Cade Cunningham. I think that Jane, I think that Jalen Green, still to this day, they're watching most of his rookie season. Of course, there's still seven, six games left for the Houston Rockets. So not all of his rookie season is, is completed yet. But to this point in his rookie year, only seven, six games left. I still believe, and I would still bet money, that he leads the league in scoring and is the NBA scoring champ twice at least in his career. I'd still bet money on that today if I can get odds on that at betonline.net. I would still place a bet right now on that. So I still love that from Jalen Green. I'm not at all out on Jalen Green. I think if you look at who had the best rookie season out of the two, it's Josh Giddy. I think that's pretty clear and obvious. Of course, Josh Giddy played a more well-rounded rookie year, did not have as dramatic of lulls as, as uh, Jalen Green did. Who would I still rather have moving forward? This question is closer than I ever thought it would be. If you take me back to a year ago at this time, I never thought the question would be this tough to answer and would be this close. That's a huge credit to Josh Giddy. And also a, a huge indictment of what the draft process even is. Like we still have so much to learn about these guys and we don't know everything, although we think we do because we talk about these guys for so many months and then at times for certain guys, years, we talk about them before the NBA. So we think that we have a clear picture of what they're going to be. We don't guys surprise us in both directions all the time. Uh, so who would I rather have right now? Josh Giddy. Can that change in five years? Absolutely. It can. Uh, but as of this moment, at this point in time right now, to answer your question, yes, I think that Josh Giddy is the better prospect. However, 
I'm by no means out on what Jalen Green can be for the Houston Rockets and just as an NBA player in general. Uh, but let's move on to at Allen, who says, what does the future hold for Tam Albon, for Isaiah Roby, and for Kenny Hustle? What does the Thunder do with uh, Derek Favors this offseason? Really good questions in general. Uh, let's start with the role players. I think that you can see the Thunder moving on from Isaiah Roby because I said at the time of the draft last year that Jeremiah Robinson role makes Isaiah Roby expendable. I know Roby's playing very well right now as the Thunder are very shorthanded, uh, but I could see it happening where the Thunder move on from Roby. I don't think that they're going to move on from Kenny Hustle because I think that if you were going to do that, you would have done it at the trade deadline. There's no reason to hold on to him until the offseason uh, to just go ahead and trade him. He was at peak value last offseason whenever we didn't know if he's going to duplicate his success or not. Then he did duplicate his success and arguably got better this season. At the deadline, you could have gotten uh, your highest value, I think, from any playoff team at that point. What that highest value is, no one really knows. They were obviously looking for a first-round pick, and since they didn't trade him, maybe they didn't get that offer of a first-round pick. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Uh, but given that you didn't trade him at the deadline, which I think would have been his peak value, I think that you keep Kenny Hustle and that you've kind of talked to him about being kind of a mentor leadership guy for the duration of this rebuild. And then Tim Albon, again, you can have stats like Richard Stamen has at Draft on Twitter if you want to go uh, argue with him uh, of him being the worst player in the NBA. You can also... You know, talk about how young he is and how raw he is and then see these flashes he's showing during these last six games and preach to why the Thunder should still be patient with him. Uh, I think that Malvon and Kenny Hustle will still be here next year. Isaiah Roby, I'm, I'm very iffy on. And then with Derek Favors, the thing is with Favors, he's going to pick up his player option. Now, I, I, would be, I would be beyond stunned if he turns down $19 million in his player option this offseason because he's not going to get that anywhere else. He's not going to get $19.1 million anywhere else. He might not even be in the NBA next year. Like if he just, if he just simply declined his option and was a free agent, unrestricted, nobody had anything, nobody had any ties to him. He might not get signed anywhere. Maybe he does, but he might not. That's how risque it is in general, much less turning down $19 million. The reason why this is so interesting is because the Thunder do not have the cap space. Once the league year turns over that you might think that they do because the Shea extension kicks in. You, of course, bring in three more rookies. Uh, you've already bought out Kim, uh, Kemba Walker, and you you have all that goes into the salary cap for the Thunder, right? The Kemba Walker thing. Uh, the uh, Casey Apollo buyout does not linger in the next year. The only contracts that linger in the next year is Kemba Walker and Kyle Singler. So the Thunder were able to shed off deck and Casey Apollo in just this you know kind of league cycle. But you do have you know $27 million on the book for Kemba Walker next year. And that's where you combination you, you you combine that 27 million with um SGA's extension which is going to be 29 million and the Thunder are kind of running out of cap space once the league year turns over so how do you shed 19 million from Derek Favors without giving up assets to kind of get rid of him as he didn't really perform this year right he wasn't terrible this year but he also wasn't okay a playoff team needs to go get him for 19 million dollars that's where i think that you could see maybe Favors is just just a member of the Thunder quote unquote and he's just kind of hanging around because he has $19 million in his pocket and isn't able to be moved off this roster. But we know Sam Presti is a, is a magician with this stuff, so maybe he can do it. Maybe he can. Next question from at Evan ETM. Is Mark too good to tank? Yes. We mentioned at the top of the show how Mark is really good at drawing up plays and kind of really good at scheming things up for the Thunder. Again, I do not think that we should sell short the importance of, in either direction, the importance of getting these players energized every single day to come to the arena, to come to practice, to, to do what they need to do and get their work in. 
how many times has the Thunder been down in games and you think, okay, time to roll over, and then they cut it down to 15 to 10 to 5 and then come back. They're the third most comebacks in the NBA this year. And a lot of that is due to, of course, opponents going to be sleeping on the Thunder, obviously, because they're a bad team, but also because they don't roll over and because they have good leadership from top to bottom of this organization, and that includes Mark. And I think that uh, Mark is going to be the head coach for a long, long time. The Thunder typically would not, would not operate in a way where they just hire him to eat losses and then fire him. I don't think that they're going to, going to do that. I think he's going to be their coach whenever this team is a playoff team slash championship caliber team again. Uh, from at maximum underscore clout, what is 19 plus 10? This is a really tough question because I am not a mathematologist. I'm actually incredibly bad at math. Like I cannot do any math at all. I'm awful at it. I'm never going to be good at it. I just, I suck at math. I've always sucked at math my entire life. Uh, it's been a very big hurdle for me, but I think nine plus 10 is 19. If I'm not mistaken. Maybe I am. Let me know on Twitter if I'm mistaken or if I'm right at Ryland underscore styles. And then this question from at Archinen, Archinen, A-R-C-H-E-I-G-N. People need to stop worrying about draft odds and who fits our timeline and start appreciating how hard these guys are working. Look, I don't think that that's mutually exclusive. I think that you can appreciate how hard Isaiah Roby and Olivier Saar and Sam Aldon and all these players who are playing right now are working and dedication to the NBA and dedication to their craft and doing their jobs. Uh, and I've, off, I've always said, ever since the bubble ended, nobody tanks when the ball's tipped. The coaches don't. The players don't. It's a competitive sport. It's a competitive field. Tanking is done by the front office. You're not building the best possible lineup that you can build. You're not building the best possible roster you can build. That's tanking. And so you can appreciate how how you know hard they're working, how much effort they're putting into it. Just like yesterday, I said, hey, this is a really cool moment as a, from a personal level for Isaiah Robert to say I scored 30 points in an NBA game. Not many people can say that in the NBA. Not many people in the world can say that they scored 30 points in an NBA game. When you calculate how many players have played basketball before in the entire world, me included, you included, we've played basketball before at some level, rec league, parks, outside, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, whatever it is, and we've never scored 30 points in an NBA game, that's really cool from a personal level. However, there's two sides to it. Yeah, good job for playing well, but let's also talk about the draft, and let's also talk about you know the team. If you're only kind of interested in the heartwarming, oh, those guys are trying hard, Twitter, uh, you know, Twitter about the NBA and podcasts and websites aren't really for you, right? Because you're going to be satisfied with any product that they put on the floor. The Thunder have been actively trying to be a very, very bad basketball team for two years now. And yet each of those two years, they've still employed high character guys who are responsible, respectful, and professional. That's clearly their MO, even while tanking. So they're always going to try hard. They're always going to uh, go all out each and every night. So you're satisfied, no matter if they do that in a 21 season or 20 loss season, you're happy. We're over here talking about the future of the Thunder, which is what Sam Presti and, and everyone else is focused on as well. So credit to these guys for playing very hard, but that does not mean just because we're talking about draft odds and, and draft lottery and, and who fits the timeline and who fits the team, that does not negate the fact that those guys are playing hard and, and doing a good job right now for the Thunder. It's, it's not mutually exclusive at all, in my opinion, to, to talk about one instead of the other or talk about both of them the way we do here on Lockdown Thunder. However, 
What is mutually exclusive is my love for Built Bar because Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It's the best tasting. It tastes like a candy bar. It's awesome. Go check it out. Built.com. Promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. They have fantastic, amazing flavors, folks. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. It's awesome for you. I love them. I love cookies and cream. It's my favorite protein bar on the market. It tastes like a candy bar. It's great pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a meal replacement or a snack. Make sure you check it out. Built.com. Promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order. Built.com. Promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And for your next listen, go check out Locked On NBA, which is a recap show every single day of what's happening around the association with our experts around the NBA. Now, let's continue on with your questions and your feedback on the mailbag. So we are going to go to at Cody Konecki. Should the Thunder trade for Zion Williamson? And will the Thunder go after Sexton right in free agency? The Thunder were linked to Sexton last offseason. Uh, I'm not sure how much that you should put stock into that from what I've heard, but they were linked to Sexton and it could happen. I just think that they're going to stay away from restricted free agents and from free agency in general this year. So we went over their cap situation. I would not put much stock into that, especially as Sexton comes off that uh, injury. I would not deal with Aiton or Sexton as kind of hypotheticals. Zion obviously is the big name because we're not really sure what's happening with him in New Orleans. There seems to be a falling out of some sort. However, now he is traveling with the team and he is kind of being around the team more. In my opinion, no. You don't want to invest a ton of picks into a player who has not been transparent or has not connected with the organization in New Orleans enough to even keep each other on the same page, right? And past that, you should have a lot of first-round picks for a guy who's been off and hurt in his career and has made it clear he doesn't really enjoy small markets, obviously. I mean, in New Orleans, I know the Thunder of a better culture. I know the Thunder of a better everything in New Orleans. Just frankly, from a from a basketball organization perspective, a better GM, better ownership group, better coach, better players, you know, in the sense of, you know, you're going to be playing with SGA and Josh Kitty who are going to get you the ball and not really make a fuss about it. You know, the players, of course, you can just toggle up with Brandon Ingram and, and Terry Lewis and everyone else that the Pelicans have. You can kind of toss those two categories up in the air whenever you switch Zion back and forth between the two teams. But I wouldn't do it. I don't think that Zion's the kind of player that you're looking for at this point in the sense of the trade. Not only would you need to give them four first-round picks, you'd have to give one of SG or Josh Giddy. And then we, what does that get you? Here's a guy in Zion who's already up for that contract extension, just like SGA was last year. Uh, so he's not going to be like a Josh Giddy type where he's under control for the same amount of years as Josh Giddy. Uh, does he fit with SGA? Yes. Does he fit with Josh Giddy? Yes. Can you, would, should you trade one of them and, and a lot of first round picks to get him? In my opinion, no, but we'll see what happens with Zion and all that stuff moving forward at Phil underscore Lawson. If the Thunder get pick five and take sharp, would you take a project pick of 15 as well? If they take Sharp, who's obviously the biggest unknown in the draft, I mean, he's only played high school basketball. Um, I would like 
the Thunder to go a little safer with 15, like in Akai Baji, who I think that you know won't be a superstar, but also won't be out of the league in three years. However, the argument to that, the counter to that would be, look, the Thunder need another blue chip prospect, right? They have nice role players right now. They, they have a bench. They have a rotation. They have a filler roster that could compete right now. If your second unit is Kenny Hustle and Jeremiah Rumpson Earl and Trey Mann and all these guys who are already on your roster, Darius Baisley, that's a competitive team, top to bottom. But you're missing that third building block pillar of, okay, this is our big three. You don't have that big three yet, and you need that in a small market. So the argument would be, you take Sharp, who's a flyer and might be that, and then you take another guy who also might be that at pick 15, maybe a Jokic, maybe whoever at 15 that you think has a huge ceiling. And maybe they both fail, and maybe they both flame out. But you look back on the draft and say, well, you know, we, we didn't get our lottery luck. We fell to five, fell to six, fell to seven. We just had to throw Sharp in there. And that's at 15, what are you supposed to do historically in the draft at that point? Uh, and you kind of move on about, about your day. So I can see both sides of it. I'm, I would lean just get a player that can actually play, but uh, I can be easily talked into going to two, uh, two different projects if you get pick five, six, seven, instead of pick four, three, two, one. Uh, from at Chiefs fan page, at Chiefs Thunder fan page, what do you think Dort's future holds on this team? Do you think that he could be a trade asset? Obviously, we all love Dort. I love Lou Dort. You love Lou Dort. However, I do think he could be a trade asset in this offseason or next uh, because just you have a lot of guards and who else is your sweetener? You don't want to give up Josh Giddy. You don't want to give up SGA. And we saw last year that you just cannot overwhelm teams with just sheer picks alone. You need a you need another thing to get them interested. So who's that going to be? What's that going to be? Uh, th- that, that's what the question becomes for the Thunder, and Lou Dort will be a prime candidate for that, especially for you know a, a, a team that, they, that feels like they can make a leap, just as, just as Cleveland did. Cleveland went from picking in the bottom of the draft, right, in, in the top of the draft, to now being in the playoffs, albeit a play-in because of the injuries and skids that they've been on recently, but still, they're in the playoffs. Uh, also from uh, Chiefs fan page, uh, yeah, yes, another question about, uh, I believe it was Zion, and we, we addressed that earlier. At Caleb three one one seven nine six seven, Darius Baisley is better for Jerry. Is better than Jerry or Poku for the future. That's your hot take that you sent to the mailbag. I like Jerry. I like Poku. I like Baisley. Uh, if I had to choose one to keep, you know, you, you do start bench cut with Jerry Poku Baisley. Uh, I would, I would start Jerry. I think that he's kind of the safest option, and I feel most confident about his career lasting a long time in the league. Poku and Baisley, I'd bench Poku and cut Baisley, but it's very, very, very close, very close. Uh, I would hate to pick between the three, but that's my answer, and I'll stick to it right now. Oh, here's the other question, Chiefs uh, uh, Chiefs Thunder fan page. If we drop to four, uh, would we? Would you want us to trade for a guy like uh, Keaton Murray, you know, and get sharp, or move down, or up in the draft? Uh, I think that you. I think that if you get pick four, everything's on the table. You might stay at pick four. You might move up. You might move down. Everything's on the table. What I would do is I try to trade down, honestly, but we'll see what the Thunder end up thinking on that front. Uh, but Jaden Ivey, of course, if you, if you keep that pick, I think would be the best player available. So you draft best player available. Uh, at Jack Finch 21, you also asked about Zion. We talked about that earlier, so you can refer back to that question. But thank you for your question, uh, as always. And then at Oshtish, I believe is how you say your name. I'm sorry. Thunder will be a championship team in three years, according to you on your hot take for the mailbag. But the Thunder will be a championship team in three years. It depends how you're how you want me to read this question. 
Um, are they going to actually go to the NBA Finals in three years? No. However, if you mean by this question, or not question, but if you mean by this hot take that in three years they're going to have their core together that eventually goes to the championship, I would agree with that. I would agree with that uh, 100%. At Jose uh, Idaro, I'm sorry again if I mispronounced your name, what do you think of Akai Baji from Kansas at 15? Hey, we agree. I like Akai Baji from Kansas at 15. I think it'd be a really good pick for the Thunder. So uh, hopefully that they do that because I think it'd be a good pick and I'm always right. Just kidding. I'm really right. But thank you all for your questions for the mailbag. Thank you all for listening to Lockdown Thunder. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. And until tomorrow, when we recap the Hawks game, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.